0: You know, I really do think that, that this type of a public-private uh, model, as I've just described, may be the golden ticket for one of the more efficient and effective ways of getting customers served in a community.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance in St. Paul, Minnesota. Today, I'm speaking with Willie Painter, who is in Lewis County, Washington, where he is the public affairs manager for the Public Utility District. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much, Christopher. Happy to be here.
1: Well, I am thrilled to be talking to another public utility district. Uh, I've been tracking what a lot of them have been doing over the years, uh, keeping a, a close eye as best we can on one of the states that has the most interesting public sector investments. Um, But I think maybe we should uh, start by just talking a little bit about Lewis County. Um, I expect, like many others, you probably have um, uh, more land than many of the eastern states and fewer people than some of their (laughs) cities. Is that more or less accurate for Lewis County?
0: It is indeed. In fact, I think we are the largest county in the state of Washington by geographic area. So Lewis County is comprised of 2,450 square miles, roughly. Uh, uh, as of this last decennial census, there's about 75,000 people residing in Lewis County and approximately 30,000 households.
1: Yes. So that's quite a low density, but I'm going to, I would guess that probably there's some population centers and things like that. And a lot of the county is uninhabited. Is that more or less accurate?
0: Yeah, I mean, historically, our county has been uh, known as a, a hub for the forest products industry, and so we have tremendous tracts of land that uh, are essentially uninhabited and, and are managed forest land. So we do have a, a few key population centers to the, in the western portion of our county, the cities of Centralia and Chehalis, and then to the eastern portion of our county, the city of Morton, but outside of that, the, the other communities are relatively small in size.
1: And with where you are, I'm guessing you don't have any dams. Uh,
0: as in hydroelectric dams? Right. Yes. Oh, actually, we have uh, quite oh. a number of dams in Lewis well, County.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: It's my And, 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 and Lewis <laughs> County Public Utility District own, owns and operates one of those dams. Uh, and then a municipal utility to the north, Tacoma Public Utilities, owns and operates a few other dams in our county as well.
1: Okay, so um, my question then was: So you do uh, handle electricity then um, through the your public utility district?
0: Yeah, and in fact, that that is really the the line of business and the service to our customer owners that uh, we're most known for. We were established by a vote of the people back in 1936, and have been an electric utility all that time. Uh, The broadband or telecom portion of of our business uh, is a relatively new thing for our utility. While we've had about 88 miles of dark fiber in the air for about the last 15, 20 years, most of that has been for uh, helping us to more efficiently operate our electric utility. And with the pandemic, and knowing the, the the just significant degree of unserved broadband, unserved folks in the community, uh, we are making the transition as a utility to provisioning broadband infrastructure for the purpose of getting those unserved uh, communities connected to high speed internet.
1: And were you considering those kinds of investments prior to the pandemic? So, you know, if um, if we go back in time two years ago, uh, did you have a sense that this was a possibility for the, the public utility district to really focus on?
0: Yeah, it, it was definitely there. It was kind of in a, a stasis of, of non-urgent awareness and planning. But when the pandemic hit, uh, and uh, schools were shutting down and businesses were forcing their workers to work from home. Uh, that of course uh, shined the spotlight very intensely on the severity of, of, of broadband unserved communities in Lewis County, to the extent that that really uh, fired up the utility to, to um, engage in what I would consider to be a comprehensive planning effort. So chronologically, Uh, in early 2020, right as the pandemic hit, Uh, we launched a community-wide broadband survey uh, that included a speed test component. Uh, It was very well uh, responded to, like 10% of our customer base took the survey. And as surveys go, that's a pretty high response rate. Uh, The speed test showed that 77.2% of respondents did not have broadband according to the FCC's definition of 25 down and three up. Uh, Furthermore, uh, an astonishing 97% of respondents said that Internet access, they believed, is an essential utility, which I think, Had they been asked that question uh, well prior to the pandemic, that number probably would have been quite a bit lower. But the pandemic really, uh, I think, was a moment of realization for folks that, wow, uh, having access to Internet is really a 21st century critical quality of life utility that we need to uh, carry on with our lives. Uh, So following that survey, uh, that really established where the need was, uh, which was virtually everywhere uh, throughout the county. Uh, And we started down the path in partnership with the Northwest Open Access Network to design a a network build out uh, truly for our entire public utility district service territory. And so that process resulted in shovel-ready designs for uh, what we ended up uh, designing were uh, 17 broadband service zones throughout the county, a uh, total of uh, about 28,000 customer connections potentially with a total estimated construction budget of $104 million. And so having those shovel-ready designs and, and estimates in hand uh, by the really the second quarter of 2021 That has empowered our utility to be very competitive in going after state and federal grant dollars to help fund these construction deployments
1: it's particularly interesting to hear you say that. And when I look at um, uh, what it was been written about your approach, it does sound like you are very much emphasizing going after grants and things like that. Um, and I just say that because in talking to some of the other public utility districts, uh, some that have been around for longer, have been doing this, um, they really eschew federal dollars. <laughs> they don't want to be anywhere near them. Um, and so I know that you've gone after state dollars and then also, uh, you know, looking at how to maximize uh, federal dollars. And so um, uh, it seems like you've developed a more comprehensive plan than we generally see even in terms of making sure you're not missing any opportunities.
0: Yeah. You know, it's kind of akin to, uh, government jurisdictions that, that either, uh, plan, uh, reactively as opposed to proactively. And I guess we would consider our effort, you know, knowing that that so little infrastructure for broadband exists in Lewis County, this was an opportunity to master plan what broadband deployment could look like thoughtfully and strategically. And cost effectively uh, for our entire county uh, before we were too far down the path of having done this community and that community and this other community disparately and then having to try to figure out how it all plays into the larger scope of a countywide plan. And so I guess perhaps, yeah, not so good that it took us a while to get to this point, but also, I guess, on on the positive side, it's allowed us to really, truly be proactive and comprehensive uh, from a planning approach.
1: Well, from what I see, I think you may beat many of the other folks to uh, full passings, uh, making sure that everyone has that access, because it certainly seems like you're uh, moving along now, uh, especially with the announcements in just the past few weeks. Um, do you want to share some of the, the good news that you've been able to announce recently?
0: Yeah, so um, very, very exciting. So uh, uh, just this last week, we basically learned about uh, roughly $13 million in combined grant awards. So uh, from the Washington State Public Works Award, we were granted uh, two separate projects each Uh, um, in the amount of $4.7 million, so a combined $9.4 million uh, to deploy broadband infrastructure to the communities of Vader, Elby, Mineral, and Ashford. Uh, Throughout our service territory. Uh, And then similarly, in the last week, we learned that that we are also the recipient of a $3 million grant from the USDA as part of a a $3.5 million project to deploy broadband from West Chehalis out to Adna and down through the Boisfer Valley. Uh, And then we have another $11 million uh, requested to the to the Washington State Broadband Office that uh, I think we'll learn about uh, in the first part of January 2022. And then another about roughly $25 million of other uh, grant proposals currently in development for uh, uh, future upcoming uh, state and federal grant opportunities, including the, the USDA Reconnect program, which those in the industry know that that, that is one of the larger broadband uh, funding opportunities that, that exists.
1: Yes, and I think um, you get extra points for being uh, publicly owned uh, in that at this point with uh, the latest round now. We do. Um, 15
0: 15 points, to be exact.
1: Which is uh, not insignificant,
0: as they say. Well, when when you get into this competitive environment where where communities and particularly rural communities all throughout the country are vying for uh, limited dollars, and even with the infusion of these infrastructure bills from Congress and what have you, it's still limited dollars. When you think about the whole scope of need, uh, these are gonna be very competitive processes. So you're absolutely right. Every point counts in these, uh, in these uh, funding opportunities.
1: With the change in legislation earlier this year, you now uh, at the, the, the public utility district has the ability to offer retail services if it shows, uh, but it doesn't seem like that has at all changed your favorite approach to moving forward.
0: Yeah, that's an accurate statement. So more specifically, in May of this year, 2021, the Washington State Legislature passed two bills uh, that provide uh, public utility districts and port districts the ability to provide retail uh, broadband services to both residential and commercial customers. Uh, uh, Lewis County PUD uh, really advocated very strongly for that provision. Uh, But, you know, I think at the same time, uh, we wanted to advocate for it to retain that optionality. But the practical path forward and the way that we've planned this network build out is actually uh, through a public-private partnership where we will, uh, through our shovel-ready plans, secure state and federal grant dollars, build the underlying infrastructure, so the middle, last mile, the fiber to the premises, as it were, and then through a partnership with private ISPs, they will actually be the ones that work directly to get the customer hooked up for our service. And so we think that leveraging... The past experience and the skill set and the expertise that those ISPs have makes a lot of sense for how we're able to really effectively serve customers uh, and and also make sure that the PUD keeps the expertise in the arena that we have it, and that's in infrastructure, owning, maintaining, operating the, the infrastructure.
1: I'm curious whether you've um, had to walk a tightrope. Uh, I know that there's sometimes a, a little bit of a, a tense um, discussion with existing ISPs with whom um, you need to operate on your network and you really want to see them serve, th- really thrive as local companies. Uh, at the same time, sometimes they would prefer that they get grant dollars themselves. So uh, has that been a challenge or have you been able to pretty much um, you know stay friendly with everyone?
0: You know, I wouldn't necessarily call it a challenge, but I think that that is just a reality in the industry right now. And that's not just for us locally, but I think that's getting experienced throughout the state region and perhaps even across the country. Um, as public agencies uh, have uh, perhaps greater ability than they've had before to participate actively in these types of broadband infrastructure deployments, uh, I think um the private industry has perhaps at times felt threatened about this uh not knowing you know what the future exactly looks like right the the greatest of all fears is the fear of the unknown they often say and so I think that 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 has um, a number of industry players uh, on edge about exactly how this needs to manifest and how it's going to look like throughout this this transition process but here in Lewis County I, I'm really happy to, to report that uh, you know we've uh, we established a Lewis County broadband action team. We have private internet service providers uh, as members of our broadband action team as well as government uh, entities like the PUD and county government. Uh, and so uh it 's been a very i think productive conversation about what public private partnership can look like, so that we can make sure that we 're you know supporting private industry and keep uh, keep those jobs uh, in the private sector, but also make sure that that uh, the infrastructure that gets built out largely with taxpayer dollars stays i think controlled in a public arena and so by these taxpayers going to the public utility district, which is A local governmental entity, uh, the infrastructure stays publicly owned, and uh, I guess additionally in the form that we're putting it out there, it's also going to be open access so that multiple private ISPs are able to operate off of that infrastructure, which gives customers more choice more pricing competition, perhaps uh, better quality of customer service as a result of, of healthy competition on an open access network. And while it may be too early for, for me to um, uh, say at this point, you know, I really do think that, that this type of a public-private uh, model, uh, as I've just described, may be the golden ticket for one of the more efficient and effective ways of getting customers served in a community. You know, yet to be fully realized and, and uh, understood, but, uh, you know, we're, we're very hopeful and, and our partnerships with uh, the private industry are positive.
1: And you are um, already building, right? This is uh, not hypothetical. Um, you mentioned already that you had a whole bunch of, of fiber likely connecting uh, your substations, the dam, um, those sorts of things. But um, have you been able to connect our last mile users and residents at this point?
0: Yeah. So uh, part of the uh, initial 88 miles that we already have uh, deployed, we already have uh, one ISP who has been providing end use uh, customer service through leased out strands of fiber uh, on some of that infrastructure. And then with all of the, the network, the ready network designs that I spoke about that we kind of just completed in 2021, Uh, We haven't quite gotten shovels in the ground or or fiber hung along power poles quite yet, uh, just because we've been waiting to secure those state and federal grants. And now that we have award letters in our hand, that has started the clock to basically a roughly 18 to 24 month build timeline. And so what we've begun sharing with the affected customers is that service activation can occur approximately two years from now, which... I know for a lot of folks, still seems like a long ways out, but that's the nature of infrastructure. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, folks have been just um, overjoyed to know that that uh, broadband access is is actually going to happen uh, for them. And so uh, I would just also offer that, you know, the scope of the issue here in Lewis County is massive. Um, our estimated construction for a countywide build, as I mentioned, $104 million. You know, we're taking a little bite about out of that here initially, uh, but uh, uh, the PUD and other partners still have a long ways to go to fully address the problem of how we get uh, 100% of our Lewis County residents and businesses connected to high speed service.
1: A question that probably very few of those 28, 29,000 households have, but people that I associate with always do is, uh, have you gone with with an active Ethernet kind of solution or are you a passive optical network, um, what you're building out?
0: Yeah, we're we're doing the latter. It's a pawn network
1: is that is that more uncommon or is that is it growing in com in, in terms of Net designing do you have a sense um because i feel like the early noanet members were almost all ethernet people and and i'm just sort of curious if there's like a switch in um in terms of how people are thinking about it or any any insight into that
0: yeah unfortunately no insight for me um you know i i uh as public affairs manager for the utility, I, I often find myself in the position of helping to get the money, but in terms of the, some of the technical components of what the design is, uh, I leave I leave that to the engineers. And so a, a great question for them, but yeah.
1: I wasn't sure if I was going to have a question you couldn't answer because you've been rolling right through everything without, a, without even <laughs> taking a, a hard breath. Um, one of the things that I, I thought I saw was um, you're using some rescue plan dollars as well. Uh, is that right?
0: Technically, no, not yet. We have made a request to uh, our local uh, county government Uh, which received uh, ARPA, American Rescue Plan Act, dollars as part of the allocation or distribution out to all counties throughout the country. And and as you're probably aware, there's a carve out in some of those ARPA allocations that can go for water, sewer, and broadband projects. So we have uh, been in conversations with our county about a possible allocation from the ARPA dollars they received to help support these build outs, and those conversations are still ongoing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so as of yet, uh, nothing concretely from ARPA, but uh, there's still the possibility. You know, I, I think ARPA in a context of broadband, well, significant, pales in comparison to uh, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that was just passed by Congress, signed by uh, President Biden, as well as the uh, what we would hope to be the forthcoming Build Back Better uh bill i mean both of those have a much more significant infusion of dollars for broadband projects and and so i think that's where we're going to really begin to move the needle less so with arpa uh, not wanting to discount arpa it's fine but uh you know some some bigger fish out there for us to 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 get some money for these broadband deployments
1: and i think uh, a helpful civics note is that um the county owns the public utility district effectively, if I'm not mistaken, but they're separate boards. Are they Are they entirely separate? So they don't have any.
0: They are completely separate in, in no way connected or associated. Yeah. So so they they both operate independently. The public utility district was created as a as its own local government entity by a vote of the people in 1936. Uh, we have a, a locally elected uh, board of commissioners consisting of three elected commissioners, and then the county separately has their own uh, elected board of commissioners, also comprised of three three uh, elected officials.
1: Oh, that's good to know. I I had just uh, naively assumed that many municipal public power systems in other places are have a board that actually answers to the city council board, but in this case, that's not the arrangement.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, not wanting to get too much in the weeds there. And I don't know about the other states, but here in Washington State, there are actually three categories of utilities. You have the investor-owned, which have their own private shareholders. You have municipal-owned, which I think is the model that you're referring to. And then the final is consumer-owned, and that's what we are.
1: Okay. Um, One of the things that you mentioned is Build Back Better. And as I read it, Build Back Better doesn't have a lot directly for telecom specifically, but it is very interested in electricity. And um, I'm curious, um, you know, are you planning as you're building out this massive information infrastructure? How is that going to change the way electricity works uh, for the public utility district? Is there a lot of, you know, smart meters and things like that that are being planned and other things?
0: yeah all of those so uh both uh, uh advanced metering infrastructure which uh you know as you're probably aware uh, requires uh telecommunications connection either through terrestrial based uh, uh uh wireline or uh wireless As well as uh, SCADA systems, which allow us to both uh, monitor and control our various uh, pieces of electric infrastructure, everything from the dam to the substations and and, uh, the electric infrastructure in between. Uh, So... um, so both of those, while yes, Build Back Better is going to provide some great funding for uh, some grid resiliency, grid hardening, um, and cybersecurity and things of that nature in an electric utility context, uh, telecommunications infrastructure is very much intertwined with those types of infrastructure builds. And, and in some ways, uh, that works hand in hand. So the telecommunication infrastructure that the electric utility needs can be leveraged to help support a consumer based uh, telecommunications build out and vice versa. And so we're, we're really trying to think also strategically about how to make sure that that, you know, we're able to, to utilize those two modalities to uh, ultimately uh, support each other, uh, to the extent that they're able to as well.
1: Other people that still show up at the meeting and say, this is a disaster. We shouldn't be doing this. Um, you know, uh, I, I feel like there's always a few people who just oppose anything. So I'm curious if you get some of that or if the community is just 100 percent on board.
0: Like any community, you're going to have a, a range of opinions and perspectives. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know that we have too many folks that necessarily show up physically to meetings, although in this time of the pandemic, physical meetings still are. A bit of a thing of the past, as as most of our meetings are conducted virtually. But as we've been pushing this information out about our broadband work and these recent awards, we do still have a lot of folks um, out there. Maybe not a lot. We have some folks.
1: It can be loud and seem like there are many.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but they they make uh, you know they make you know they share certain opinions or perspectives that. Fiber optic infrastructure is obsolete uh, or is just as obsolete as copper based infrastructure because Starlink is coming and satellite service is going to be able to serve everybody. Um, And, you know, a number of, of other differing perspectives about types of technologies there's also some perspectives about whether or not um, public entities like the PUD should even be in the business of broadband deployment and whether or not that should just remain in the private sector as it has, for the most part, traditionally been. Uh, and, um, you know, we're we're navigating those. We're trying to educate uh, our customers as much as we possibly can. Um, But I think at the end of the day, what you'll find and what we learned from the survey that we put out back in in the first part of 2020 is the vast majority of folks in the community, they want and, and, and need broadband access. And I don't think they really care necessarily where it comes from. They just want it and want Mm -hmm. it now. And and, and the utility district, because we already have a vast network of electric infrastructure, and as you're likely aware, fiber optics can often be hung aerially along uh, power networks uh, that that we're able to, um, I think, play uh, an important and additive role in getting broadband deployed to these areas. Now, we don't believe that we are the only or should be the only player in this arena. And as I mentioned before, I think that there is a place for several other different public entities to be engaged in this work, uh, as well as uh, the private industry, which has long been in the, in the game and and uh, will continue to do so.
1: I think the only thing that you didn't mention in terms of people's opinions is I, I, I want to see your face when I ask you this, but uh, I'm going to guess there's some people who are worried. You're going to make it too easy for people from California to keep moving up there. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, Uh, there, there, you know, broadband aside, I I think any number of topic or issue areas can, can get into those types of conversations.
1: People in Idaho are very adamant that they do not want any more Californians coming. So,
0: (laughs) you know, know, I, I think, and, and this is, this is less Willie from the PUD speaking and more just perhaps Willie him as Mm -hmm. a person speaking. Right. So uh, the reality is Lewis County, as a rural county in western Washington, uh, has already been experiencing some uh, pretty significant growth over the past few years. Uh, and I think uh, just based upon knowledge of what kind of development plans are in place, both for commercial industrial as well as large tract residential uh, Lewis county is only expected to receive more more growth uh, broadband of course helps facilitate that in an age where um, employers offering the ability for folks to work from home where it makes sense as long as they have sufficient connectivity right a- and that's just the reality I don't I don't necessarily think it's so much a function of California but perhaps more locally folks in the you know northern part of the Puget Sound area like Seattle and Tacoma the large, Larger, you know, urban uh, and dense areas, uh, you know, folks are going to find the opportunity where they can come down here and be surrounded by beautiful, majestic landscapes, rural landscapes, and at the same time, have the connectivity that allows them to engage In employment and or e-commerce and whatever they might need that connectivity for. Uh, And similarly from the south, uh, Portland, Oregon is also kind of a a metropolis area where I think we're going to find some movement as well. And and quite frankly, already are experiencing some of the movement.
1: Well, yes. I mean, you're going to have better access than one finds um, generally in those cities and suburbs. Um, in some cases, they do have FiOS um, from the old service that Verizon had laid out, but uh, now is operated by um, uh, Frontier. Or now, sorry, I'm, I'm so old at this point; like, I just forget all the different transitions. There's some company with a new name that's changed it three times in the past six years that is operating that fiber. At any rate, the point is is that people sometimes assume the cities have it good. In many cases, you're going to have better connectivity than a lot of major urban areas. Um, Willie, I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate you uh, taking some of these curveballs in good stride. It's not often, I'm sure, you're talking about broadband and suddenly someone asks you to make fun of California. So uh, I appreciate that.
0: Appreciate the opportunity to share, you know, the Lewis County PUD and Lewis County story about broadband and, and and, uh, I just encourage you to check back in with uh, us and others here in the county because I foresee some really great things happening uh, in the broadband arena for the folks who call this place home.
1: Yes, it's exciting that you're able to, you'll get some, you'll have some experience actually turning on people around the time that those IIJA dollars are probably hitting your bank accounts as well. So we'll look forward to checking back in with you.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Christopher.
1: Appreciate it. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadband bits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at community nets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. This was the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Thanks for listening.